This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity, the only uh, card... Uh, Flora, huh? they, they asked us not to read an ad. Oh. Enjoy the show! Well, howdy, y'all. I'm Delbert Chilkins. My name's Dwayne Maddox. And you's watching Critter Getters. We gonna get them critters. <laughs> you darn right, Dwayne. Oh, this week, we're hunting for something what no one's ever caught. Legend has it, a hundred years ago, a circus train derailed. Everybody burned to death and so did the train, so there was never a train or tracks to be found. But according to legend, it were hauling clowns and gorillas. Nature took its course. Like it does. So now we're on the lookout for Clown Squatch. <laughs> That's right. In these here woods, terror is seven feet tall and covered in multicolored fur. Now the sixth sense of humor of the Lord our God has thought fit to give them an extraordinarily sensitive and bulbous red nose. So nine times out of ten, I don't smell you coming and light out. We gotta get upwind of them, find out where they's nesting, and shoot them! That's right. They ain't no catch and release, and we can't afford no radio callers, so... We's gonna hit them with a 30-06 tracking dart, if you know what I mean. It's a bullet. Tagged and bagged. <laughs> All right, we's locked and loaded. It's dusk. We were hoping to get here earlier, but Dwayne had a coupon for Golden Corral, and I ain't gonna say no. I ate 44 chicken wings. Oh, he sure did. Uh, So clock is ticking on this hunt. I got my clown squatch call, and we're gonna start working our way through these woods. The local trappers tell me they can be lured in by the plaintive wail of the noble slide whistle. Now here's something I didn't know. Turns out Dwayne knows how to play the slide whistle. I'm a prodigy! Well, speckle my crack. Dwayne, get over here! You see what you got here? This is clan squatch leavings right here. This is a, a edge of a pie crust. And uh, look at the bones in this area. Looks like he made a kill here. Looks like he tore the skin right off that rubber chicken. Oh, God. All right, no playing around. Safety's off, Dwayne. Hey, Dale, look over here. There's a whole line of knotted scarves going from tree to tree. Oh, we must be getting close. Now, these things are exuded from its sleeves, and it uses it to mark its territory. <laughs> Wait, shh. Listen. <laughs> I got goosebumps from that. You could smell the cotton candy on him. Well, that's good. If we can smell him, he can't smell us. Now, Dwayne, you reckon we ought to move hey, just shut up, up shut this? Hey, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Listen. They're getting closer. I don't understand this, Dwayne. He's inside the perimeter. There's clown shoes all over the place. They're right on top of us, man. Lock the door. Lock the door. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't know if we got any of them. We barely got out our sails. 
Oh, okay. Oh, I lost one of my shoes. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna get a drink of beer here. Yep, yep. Seltzer water. No. No. Them critters got us. Oh well, you know, we underestimated our foe, and uh, it's a mistake we will never make again. No, I don't think I'm gonna go back into these woods anytime soon. But. So join us next week when we hunt the wall marcher geist. We gonna get them critters. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everyone. I said hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Uh, listen, let me right off the top say there's few things that I enjoy more than doing a really creepy clown laugh. I'm going to try to keep it to a minimum, but, you know, I don't decide what happens. I only decide what happens. Welcome to Blurry Photos. <laughs> yeah, that's a better start. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna tag on to that. Uh, welcome to Blurry Photos. Let me start with an abdication of responsibility. <laughs> and uh, I am David Flora. Hello. I'm Dave Stecco. Welcome. Welcome. If you're, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Yeah. If you're joining us for the last time, welcome. <laughs> yeah. Boy, well, yeah. It was it was a lot of fun, wasn't it? <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that might be a, the primary contributor to the last yeah. time. But um, yeah, we're glad to have you here. Hope you uh, learned something. Hope you laugh a little. Uh, I was going to say, uh, longtime listeners to the show have probably heard your uh, sad, uh, sad, sad crying clown. Maybe, maybe <laughs> laughing, maybe crying that's... clown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. I always thought that that I, I tried to do it when I was at Second City, and they they killed that sketch. <laughs> they were like, "No thanks," and it was a it was a clown, and you could never be too sure if he was laughing or crying. But what you did know is he was way too close to you, <laughs> and he just. <laughs> that was it. Wow, that's it. They killed that. Yeah, <laughs> right. Can you believe it? <laughs> Uh, anyway, the, <laughs> the personal space violating laughing slash crying clown. We, we have a, uh, um, you, you might not expect this, but I think this is going to be a, a pretty dense episode for us. Uh, Dave might yeah. not expect it either, but I found a lot of <laughs> information about this and a lot of this really intrigued me. Uh, I was interested in it. I was fascinated by the history of the subject and... Uh, I, I have some opinions on it. Yeah. So I, I ended up writing a, a lot of notes for this. Sweet. I like that. Uh, we got, now this was, this is also, it's worth mentioning. This was, uh, the result of multiple listener requests. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know that we would have done this one otherwise, or at least not as soon. So thank you guys for that. That's do right. Do you remember, do you remember who yes, requested I do. this? Uh, suggested nice. by, uh, several listeners, including Ryan Friday and the taco moose. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, Sheila. Oh yeah, I got I got a personal email on the subject from her. And that always puts things into high gear. <laughs> I hope we can do it uh, some justice. And now I, I there's a lot to it. I know that we'll probably leave some stuff out. That's the nature of doing a show that's trying to be less than you know two hours long. I I I think that instead we should always just say this is everything. You this can is know everything. About. Yeah, that's what we should do. Anything should... that's not mentioned by us is fabricated and bullshit. <laughs> and some of the things we do mention also fabricated and bullshit. Fabricated and bullshit. Bullshit. 
So let's dive in then. We got yeah. a lot. We got a lot of work to do here. Let's let's talk about the subject of creepy clowns. <laughs> See, already, watch it. Already. Watch it, Stan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, the U.S. just had a wave of clown sightings last fall. Do you remember this, Dave? Oh, Where God, re- yes. Reports came to authorities about people dressed in clown costumes, standing on the edge of forests, walking alone through neighborhoods, or just standing still in public and staring at witnesses. Yeah. And the, the sad thing is, is they were just bystanders, but by virtue of the fact that they saw the clown staring, they were converted into witnesses <laughs> against their will. <laughs> The the spin on these stories has been one of menace. Often they were accompanied by details such as the use of candy to lure, usually children, into the woods that they were standing near. Some were even reported brandishing a weapon such as a muchete. Muchete. Uh, As police investigated and social media got involved, of course, the stories began popping up across the country of similar sightings. With rumblings of parental panic picking up, Neighborhoods were on high alert to the potential threat. But after a month or so, eh, sightings yeah. subsided. Right about the same, yeah, just like dabbing. Uh, after a month or so, that thing's never going to die. You think um, that. People said that about the Macarena. Well, good point, but you just said it. While some may still see the <laughs> Oh, I'm bringing it back. <laughs> While some may still see the occasional brightly outfitted stranger alone by the woods, the wave of sightings of what has been dubbed phantom clowns seems to have passed, which leaves us with several questions and what should be an interesting episode. Fingers crossed. Yeah. The subject of creepy clowns might look like a pretty flower pinned to the lapel, but in reality, there's a whole container full of history, psychology, and Fortiana just waiting to squirt you in the eyes. Gross. We'll be taking a look at clowning through history, the sightings that have disturbed communities, why people are afraid of clowns, and what makes them creeped out, along with some explanations on the phantom clown mania. And I also have some thoughts on why such a profession in ridiculousness deserves respect. So, break out the popcorn and peanuts, sit back as we unload more information than this preposterously tiny car should hold. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh Dave, any any thoughts before we get into the histoire? Uh no, no. I mean well, let me ask you this, Flora. Are you personally afraid of clowns? I am not at all. Okay. All right. I, I don't know that I'm particularly afraid of clowns, but I don't like I don't like any like actor I don't like anybody coming performer, up to, actor, <laughs> acrobat. Yeah, any of that. <laughs> no, but I don't like like Disney characters in costume to come up and want a high five. I don't. I don't like any of that. But not. I'm not afraid of it. I'm just like, ah, come on. Could you just pick somebody else? Well, then I just yeah, don't you, want their. You just attention. like your personal space and and yeah, to be left alone. Basically, that's which, that is exactly it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So, but I don't think I. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I'm afraid of clowns. I was just curious. So let's. Uh, how about how about we uh, how about we dip dip into the uh, the history of these. Well, these festooned fools, phantomic fools, <laughs> phantomic, oh. regular Billy Shakespeare over there. Hello, de freaking da. All right, so uh, starting with some history, and and this is uh, I don't well, I'm, I'm not going to put anything on this. Let's just get into it because I'll just start rambling. Uh, the character of the clown, the fool, the jester 
has been around a long ass time. Ever since groups of people became societies, has there been those that live on the outskirts of normality, who outwardly show the essence of failure and happy-go-luckiness with the inner machinations of the trickster's cleverness while walking the thin line of satire. Often they were the only voice of reason in the court of kings, as they enjoyed the protection of comedy while pointing out the absurdities of the crown and policies. That is, if the monarchy were in a humorous vein and not in a separate-your-head-from-your-shoulders vein. Right, yeah. An essay on the difference between clown, jester, fool, buffoon, juggler, and acrobat, this is not. Yeah, so, that's that's our clown taxonomy episode. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Suffice to say, they are different, though clowns through the years have blended skills from each. We'll also save the archetype of the trickster god for another episode, though it deserves mention as a contributing factor in each culture's evolution of the clown. Okay. Sorry. You need to get that checked out. Your throat's going to get Thor. <laughs> nice. Uh, ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs from around 2500 BCE uh, depict jesters and jugglers along with pygmies uh, performing for pharaohs. The Chinese emperor Shi Huangti oversaw the building of the Great Wall, which resulted in thousands of worker deaths. Uh, only the court jester Yu Tzu dared criticize with jokes the emperor's further plans to paint the whole wall, which undoubtedly will have, would have resulted in even more deaths, not to mention just the general expense of it. Yu Tzu is somewhat of a national hero today for this. Indian dramas of the Mahabharata around 100 uh, CE show clowns as interpreters between the gods or heroes and the general population. Ancient Greek clowns were varied in appearance and action, according to Enid Wellsford in his 1966 book, The Fool, His Social and Literary History. Quote, I, would, I, need, some Arth, I need some Alfred Wolfkins for this. Oh, okay. We discover the clown in various forms. Now as a squat slave with a padded stomach, pelting the spectators with nuts or parodying the wanton orgies of Dionysus. Now as a bald-headed, ass-eared, hook-nosed fellow bearing a striking resemblance to the half-witted jesters of a later period. This bald-headed clown, or Sanyo, was a long-lived gentleman, for we find him still flourishing in the early years of the Roman Empire as secondary mime, or stupidus, whose business it was to repeat words <laughs> and make unsuccessful attempts to imitate the actions of others and to be deceived by everybody. This is a long-ass quote. Yeah, I'm really glad, I'm really glad we sprung for Wolfkins. <laughs> He wore a long pointed hat, a multicolored patchwork dress, and according to St. Chrysostom, it was part of his duty to be slapped at the public expense. Oh, thanks, Alfred. Uh, I also loved stupidest. That's like that's like what a junior higher is the junior high kid who just learned about Latin would be. The, I don't know, he's stupid. Stupidest. <laughs> Some sort of stupidest Maximus. <laughs> uh, Wellsford also notes that the term parasite was originally a dignified title held by those attending official banquets by special invite, but gradually became degraded as those of lower classes began gaining these invitations for free meals. Uh, this was done through their talent for mimicry, repartee, and laughter making in public places. So that's kind of cool. Like, So yeah. it's a, a form of, of clown yeah, so 
people in the in the public I, and i'm i'm guessing this is markets and forums and stuff you know are are making fun of others and and just basically clowning and then uh, the impression that i got was that um those of higher classes would come through and say ah that that's funny come to the dinner tonight and entertain us there you get a free meal and so Jeez. you know then and so they slowly replaced like priests and uh uh other like dignitaries who who would otherwise have attended the banquet it's it's so. it's hilarious to me how little that's changed from from our days of as being struggling improvers we are please, still parasites please please someone come come to the show or maybe buy us dinner oh man <laughs> free food you can get an right? actor do anything 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 even montezuma had jesters in his court in 1520 ce according to cortes Clowns of the Hopi Nation were known as the tradition keepers and delight makers, and it's said they would I- interrupt serious rituals to keep things light. Many tribes believed their clowns had the power to cure certain diseases. The Cheyenne tribe had contrary clowns that would behave in a contradictory way to the normal way of life to the tribe. They would walk around on their hands and ride horses backwards shoot arrows backwards over their shoulders, and deliberately do many things the wrong way around. When they came to a stream, they would take off one moccasin and hold up their bare foot while hopping through the water on the other moccasin. But other tribes feared the contraries the most in battle because apparently they were the most skilled warriors. Well, yeah, they could shoot over their back. Shoot over their back? They ride backwards? Hop through the water on one foot? (laughs) Yeah. Pretty strong. Medieval jesters, or... Licensed fools entertained royalty through storytelling, music, and physical comedy. But, as we alluded, they also had the ear of the king through nonsense, though they had to be careful uh, not to push the envelope too much. There is also the thought that idiots were divine and granted a form of magical protection from evil, if present. The classic jester wore a hat with ears made to look like an ass and a tail pinned to his butt. Uh, and that eventually, so they think, evolved into the three-pointed cap that uh, everybody's probably yeah. familiar with for the jester. That's right. Little little bells on the end of it. Yeah. I love those things. Uh, now, the 16th century saw the rise of the Commedia dell'arte, uh, which began in Italy and soon dominated the European theater. Translated as the comedy of the artists, it was highly improvised theater based on a stock of characters and scenarios. If you have any questions about that, there's one place to go. Dark Mark Soloff. That's right. And Blastro Podcast. Mm-hmm. He's, the, he's the master of that. He is Il Dottore. That's right. So, so I hope we get some of this right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shit. Yeah, let us know, Mark. Uh, they were characters of, of familiar types, young and old, rural and urban, rich and poor, uh, you know, the, the, the two ends of the poles for, for a lot of yeah. different characters. And these traveling actors would often uh, perform out of the back of a wagon. And from these characters, we get one of the most famous and durable clowns of all time, Arlequino, also known as Harlequin. The Harlequin began as a comic, uh, the comic valet, or zany, uh, and was always hungry, nosy, troublesome, and vexing, but soon developed into an acrobatic trickster wearing a black domino mask and carrying a bat or noisy stick with which he frequently spanked his victims, uh, which was the origins of slapstick. Get it? Because it's a stick, and you slap people with it. Mm-hmm. Harlequin could have a more nefarious origin, however, coming from old French passion plays as a giant black-faced club-wheeling emissary of the devil, 
and leader of a troop of demons, which was sort of uh, kind of like the Wild Hunt. Uh-huh. Most Comedia was very physical and performed in pantomime, as traveling troops might not speak the language of where they ended up performing. Shakespeare used the fool to great effect. Of course, you know, the court of Queen Elizabeth, I'm sure she had some fools there for her, and uh, this was a, a profession of, yeah. at, at the time. Shakespeare uses it uh, in his plays. Often the fools are clever. You, you see the examples of people who are of higher classes can't keep up with the, the cleverness of the main character. I'm thinking of Hamlet and the uh, uh, talking to Polonius and, and the, the king. But then when he goes to visit the grave um, and they're digging a grave for Ophelia, there's a couple of, and they're listed in the play as clowns. And they are running circles around Hamlet in terms of the witty yeah, uh, speech and stuff, and yeah, it's 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 fun. It's the old graveyard clowns, <laughs> ye old graveyard clowns. You know <laughs> what's what's changed uh, in the 17th century. The dangerous aspect of wanton clowning began to solidify in the character of Mister Punch. Now, see, that's that's. I'm so glad we got to this because that's what I was feeling like as we talked about Harlequin, is like you know, especially like the the the, the outfit. The large hook nose and the bat. Yeah. Uh, and this is an anglicized version of Commedia's Pulcinella. Uh, Mr. Punch was a violent puppet whose antics include outrageous comedy and often the beating of other puppet characters, most notably his wife, Judy, which was originally called Joan. American puppeteer Tony Sarg wrote in 1929. What an example category of crime. It's the punch himself, that braggart, blusterer, wife-beater, strutting Don Juan, with a half-dozen murders to his credit. What a very prince of villains he is. Truly, children were fed upon strong meat in the days that were. In these anemic times, the career of this arch-scoundrel of the puppet stage strikes a full and robust note. Those were the days when rogues were rogues, and when children, untroubled by educational theories or parental scruples, were permitted to rejoice naturally in the cracking of heads, the din of battle, the triumph of unworthiness over virtue and the law. So I guess I guess uh, to put that all together, like... Uh, Jesus Christ, where was mom and dad through all this? <laughs> I saw a hilarious comedy. It was called Beating My Wife with a Bat. I sent the children to it. But then again, I mean, you say that, but like, you know, one of these days, Alice, pal, right to the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're a lot closer to it than we think. Uh, the 18th century saw the coalescence of the modern clown in the form of Joseph Grimaldi, London-born son of an Italian actor. By the time he was three years old, he was performing on stage. Having grown up in a theater, he excelled at designing elaborate trick special effects. He starred in routines of comic slapstick violence with extreme but temporary results and was a master of the pantomime. But his stage persona belied a sadder existence. According to an article on Smithsonian.com, Grimaldi's life was anything but comedy. He'd grown up with a tyrant of a stage father. He was prone to bouts of depression. His first wife died during childbirth. His son was an alcoholic clown who drank himself to death by the age of 31. And Grimaldi's physical gyrations, the leaps and tumbles and violent slapstick that made him famous, left him in constant pain and prematurely disabled. As Grimaldi himself joked, I am grim all day, 
but I make you laugh at night. That Grimaldi could make a joke about it highlights how well known his tragic real life was to his audiences. And he died a penniless alcoholic in 1837. His memoirs edited by none other than Charles Dickens. In homage to Grimaldi, circus clowns began referring to themselves as Joey's, and the term Joey is now a synonym for clown. I didn't know that. Uh, on the first Sunday in February, there's an annual service held at Holy Trinity Church in Dalston, East London, to honor Joseph Grimaldi, the greatest British clown. Which is just coming up. You know, uh, Dickens also put a Grimaldi-esque character in his first book, uh, The Pickwick Papers. That's right. I think it's based on Grimaldi's son. But yeah, that was direct. Dire- that was that was farm to table at the time. <laughs> and some people think that that uh, Dickens story contributed to, as we're seeing, kind of a turn of what clowns are 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 portrayed as. Right. Yeah, we're just starting to get into the 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 idea of the the tragic clown. So after Grimaldi uh, came Jean Gaspard Deborah's white face clown Pierrot. Devereux was as famous in Paris as Grimaldi was in London and enjoyed success and fame as a slapstick clown. But again, uh, the makeup hidden unhappiness that took a violent form in 1836 when he killed a boy that had insulted him on the street. Jesus. Yeah, beat him with his walking stick. Yeah, but was acquitted of the murder. In 1892, uh, the, Intali- the Italian opera Pagliacci, which was clowns, told the story of a clown who discovered who discovers his wife's infidelity and murders her on stage during a performance and you could you almost certainly recognize that portion of the opera yeah from and and I'll play you an example here real quick Whether intended or not, clowns were slowly becoming more unsettling uh, in how they were portrayed on stage. Uh, the circus had started by this time, and clowns were a comedic part of the equestrian portion. Uh, with, the big t- with the touring of big shows, the clown image was positive and fun, but the hardships of the 30s birthed a new form of them. My favorite, the hobo clown. Hoboclin. Uh, Hoboclin. Hoboclin, New Jersey. Though their faces were unkempt and they never smiled, they nevertheless delighted audiences with their comedy. Uh, as TV became more prevalent, the happy, bright, over-the-top image of the clown had a resurgence with uh, Clarabelle from Howdy Doody, Bozo, Red Skelton, and, uh, of course, the, uh, the, ever, the ever-crimson Ronald McDonald. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was, I'm, I'm sure, the, the big shots at McDonald's capitalizing on the clown trend, especially with Bozo. Yeah. Bozo was a syndicated children's show, and I, th- I think there was... Probably a bozo in each big city at that it, point. It seemed like it. And Red Skelton was hugely popular 
Um, oh, yeah. And, and was all over the place. I mean, I mean, even, I mean, hell, I grew up in the 80s and I watched so many Red Skelton specials growing up. Sure. And, and would you consider him a hobo clown? Yeah. I think that like Freddy the Freeloader was one of Red Skelton's personas that was like the hobo clown with the five o'clock shadow and the, the yeah. rumpled hat. Clen Kadiddlehopper was more like a, a, just a, a buffoon. Um, didn't wear any makeup, just had a silly hat and weird hair. But yeah, Freddy the Freeloader was Red Skelton's uh, hobo, hobo clown. clown. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I ended the, the history lesson there. I don't know if it's from my theater roots that, that this really interests me, but I find it very compelling to follow how a clown or how uh, a jester buffoon has evolved yeah. through the years. And maybe you can see the the reason we did the whole progression here. Maybe you can start seeing where it starts taking a turn towards something like you said that's a bit unsettling, something mm-hmm. that's not quite uh, what its intention is. Yeah, if that makes sense. And it was, and it's such an interesting turn. And I think uh, you know, starting with Harlequin uh, and, and into like the Punch and Judy idea of what starts as hilarious violence. <laughs> You know, it just Be- eventually becomes real violence, right? Yeah. What? Well, you know, when? Yeah, it just be just people don't laugh forever. Then it's just violence, and and then you yeah. start thinking, and especially the hobo clown. You know, the 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 jokes are all based on this guy who's kind of living by his wits, and you know, sometimes he's getting one over on somebody, and yeah. But then you know, the the very obvious to us, I guess. Um, from our perspective, socially, like the the laugh, clown, laugh. Now cry, clown, cry. You know, there's nothing like the crying clown as the ultimate juxtaposition. And, right. and so um, when you start having famous clowns uh, like Grimaldi, who who meet sad or tragic ends, people can't help but point that out. You know, that is a an irony that people can't ignore. And then that irony almost becomes, I feel like, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. It is uh, interesting to think about coming through like the improv and comedy scene in Chicago and the people who have very sad lives are really fucking funny. Absolutely. And I think that behind the a vast majority of, of comedians, uh, stand up or otherwise, you're going to find a fair amount of tragedy. And I, I always chalk this up to those are people that you know, myself included, that felt the need to escape things they didn't like or mm-hmm. to, if they felt like people were going to laugh at them, well, then I'm going to put myself ahead of that train and I will determine how they laugh. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there's, there's a, a, a bunch of different ways, I guess you could psychologically unpack that. But yeah, I think that people with uh, uh, tragedies in their lives do come out of that with as as better comedians. And I think part of that is reflection. I think those people have been forced to, to think about things more. Um, they've been forced to work through things. And I think that gives them a little bit better angle, uh, or a more honest appropriation of, of what, what they're going through. I can see that. Hmm. Well, this brings us to a, a weird phenomenon and, uh, one that has contributed to the tainting of what a clown is for some of the public. As mentioned, phantom clowns are waves of sightings of clowns that carry a menacing air about them. Last year's wave of clown sightings wasn't the first, 
and if recent history tells us anything, it's not even close to being the last. Many sources point to the spring of 1981 as the beginning of Ubhars, which is <laughs> out of place Harlequins. No, no, uh, trademark. The Upoba clowns. Upobaclins. Upobaclins. That's hard. That's really tough to do. So uh, here's a timeline that uh, I, I got quite a few from uh, Slate.com and added a few that I found in other places, too. We're pro- we probably won't hit them all, but uh, yeah. you get a general idea of how this stuff worked throughout uh, its inception. So uh, starting in May of 1981 in Brookline, Massachusetts, Lawrence Elementary School, children report two clowns driving a black van offering them candy or toys. One account said a man was dressed in costume from the waist up and nude from the waist down. Maybe he had a Skype interview. That's how I'm doing it right now. (laughs) School principals are warned about the clown threat, leading to a rash of reported sightings across Boston. It prompted a memo from investigative counselor Daniel O'Donnell, who said, It has been brought to the attention of the police department and the district office that adults dressed as clowns have been bothering children to and from school. Please advise all students that they must stay away from strangers, especially ones dressed as clowns. My name's Daniel O'Donnell, and these are my stories. (laughs) 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 Bet you didn't know that he had that theme before Law and Order did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Now, Dave's friend, Lauren Coleman, even coined the term Phantom Clown and documented the strangeness in his book, Mysterious America. Did did you all talk about that when you were... (laughs) Nope. Perverted. Nope. Nope. It was just, uh, just, just masturbation jokes. That's it. <laughs> it was just, that's all as far as we got before he found somewhere else to be. Sorry, Lauren. No clowns were ever found during this. Can I get a, can I get a law and order? Dun, dun. May, 1981, Kansas city, Missouri. A few days after the Brooklyn incidents began, police in Kansas City received multiple reports of a knife-wielding clown in a yellow van. Parents of children attending Our Lady and St. Rose School are informed of the situation via letter from school administrators reading in part, there have been reports of a character called Killer Clown jumping out of bushes and threatening children with a knife. Not far away in Kansas, a katana-wheeling clown was also threatening children. (laughs) Whoa, that, that escalated quickly. <laughs> no, no report on whether or not they had pants, though. But I guess the eye's drawn to the katana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you want to keep an eye on that. June 1981, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Reports of menacing clowns begin in Pittsburgh. Three people dressed as Spider-Man, a gorilla, and a clown walk into a bar. Bartender says, what? <laughs> <laughs> they tried to abduct a boy in Arlington Heights, Pennsylvania. There was also reportedly a person dressed as a rabbit who was allegedly going around harassing children as well. Eat your carrots. Eat your carrots. <laughs> Eat your carrots. Do you want to know where the eggs come from? Do you want to know where the <laughs> eggs come from? <laughs> the Pittsburgh police are the first to draw a connection between the clown sightings, which occurred in black neighborhoods in Pittsburgh and Kansas City, and the Atlanta child murders the summer before, which also targeted black children. However, the Boston area clowns were sighted mostly in white neighborhoods. Man, throwing a real wrench into the works, buddies. Yeah. So then, then things just settle down for a few years. Everyone thinks it's safe to not worry about clowns. Wrong. March 1988. 
Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville, Kentucky. Across a three-county area, children suddenly began calling police with stories of a malevolent clown offering rides in a red pickup truck and, in one case, pursuing a child on foot. No arrests are made, and the pickup truck driving clown vanishes without a trace. Sounds like Kentucky. October 1991, Erie, Pennsylvania. More than 40 children and some of their parents report a clown prowling area backyards and looking through windows. A local bank is robbed by a man in a clown suit, but police dismiss him as a copycat clown once he is apprehended. The original clown gets away clean. October, also 1991. Chicago. Where? Chicago. You're out. Get out. As things in Erie get eerie. Get it? The police department, the Chicago Police Department, are also overwhelmed with reports from local school children of a man dressed as Homie D. Clown from In Living Color. Oh, we don't play that. Yeah, you might recall that he does not play that. uh, (laughs) Offering them candy to ride in his van. Children variously report the van to be blue, white, or red, but agree it has the words ha-ha printed on the side. An eighth grader claimed to have punched the clown in the nose. Never f***ing believe an eighth grader when they say that <laughs> shit. Come on. Eighth graders punch everybody in the nose, he also, according to them. He also claimed it was a good thing he had those nunchucks that the ninjas gave him. <laughs> That's right. Also, he's totally had a beer and felt a boob. <laughs> Yeah, and he got to party with Jordan. (laughs) That's right. At least one elementary school sends a letter home to parents warning them about the clown epidemic. Another schedules more patrols of the school grounds. Several weeks later in Elgin, an adult reports seeing a clown uh, abduct a girl. But by this point, quote, suspicious clowns have been reported to police in Evanston and Joliet as well. The number of clowns behind bars at the end of this clown spree? Law and order sound. No clown. Goose egg. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while since we got a so we got a classic goose egg in here. It's true. That's true. October 1992, Galveston, Texas. The police and local news outlets are flooded with calls about an evil clown after a small girl reports that a clown attempted to kidnap her. This time the clown is sighted almost exclusively near schools. Police downplay the veracity of the reports after their investigations lead to the capture of exactly goose egg clowns. June 1994, a young David Stecco assures his parents he'll be getting a job for that summer. That assurance is a lie. In the seventh, <laughs> what a clown! <laughs> I did not get a job that summer. Uh, in the seventh district, police received multiple reports of a clown trying to lure children into his van. Uh, they declined to investigate. Now, this is in D.C., not Colorado, so I couldn't possibly have been old jobless Dave Stecco, fresh out of high school. <laughs> yeah, it sounds exactly like a, what a phantom clown would say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Colorado, convenient alibi. They declined to investigate. Uh, by November, the lack of police attention to this case, as well as the disappearance of a small boy in the neighborhood, is held up by local activists as examples of police ignoring or disbelieving crimes reported by black citizens. Ugh. Good thing that stopped. Right? Jesus. Can we rename this episode, Nothing Has Changed? (laughs) Right? June 20th, 2000. Uh, A man dressed in a clown costume with black face paint was seen near the King James Court Apartments, Fitchburg, at around around 12.30 p.m., trying to lure children into the woods with the use of three brightly colored helium balloons. Police said, The face paint is extremely, extremely unique. 
It isn't in the legitimate style of clowning, which kind of leads us to believe the person was using it as a costume only for this purpose of enticement. You know what? You know what I think? Juggalo. Yeah. I think that's black face paint. Yes. I think that that is absolutely that's some ICP. If it's not in the legitimate style of clowning. Yeah. But he was luring with balloons, not mystical axes. <laughs> well, you don't know if that those balloons had the word dark carnival. You don't carnival know written. about me, dude. <laughs> they could have had the word uh, dark carnival written on them. Um, right. See also, uh, Crunt. But uh, you know what? That's, that's a big thing in here. Uh, I mean, that's just a couple of years after the great Malenko came out. That was a huge surge in their popularity. Maybe sure. maybe this is the rise of the juggalo. Man. Cuz I mean they are spooky clowns. That's the whole thing. They're psychopathic clowns. That's true. And they 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 have a Family. place. Uh I mean truth be told, I mean god, you could there's so much about juggalos and juggalo culture and I uh, I implore you dear listener to look up some videos of juggalos. They're great. Um in particular the uh every summer uh, they have the gathering of the Juggalos, and a personal holiday for me is the day that they release the usually 30-minute-long gathering of the Juggalos infomercial. They're terrible uh, and just so much fun to watch. One time they had uh, Vanilla Ice on there, and oh, man. yeah, and they they promise you things like uh, greased-up nipple buttons. That's a phrase. Uh, they're great. It's it's a per- every every spring. When the gathering of the Juggalos infomercial comes out, I, I hope you hear the asterisk in his voice when um, when he says "great" because it's like <laughs> pregnant. It's like pregnant women smoking and, and drinking. Everybody's got Fanta all over them. Fago, dude. like Fago, Fago. Sorry, Listen Fago. To this Everybody's men. got Fago over them. <laughs> Listen to this. You're more like a jug of hoe, man. You're not down with the dark carnival. Hey, guilty as charged, officer. Guilty as charged. Oh yeah, I I I personally am fascinated by juggalo culture. I and yeah. I would love to go to the gathering, but I'm afraid of it. I'm terrified of it. Oh yeah, I'll well, bet you'd you be sniffed out. Yeah, I'll bet you we've got a fair number of uh, juggalo listeners. Like we should, you should write us an email because uh, I I'm scared to death of it, but I I also get the <laughs> feeling like maybe I'm a big sissy ass. I don't know. But I do love watching the videos. Mm. I'm not a fan of the music. I'll put that right out there. Oh uh, well, that 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 killed you right there. Yeah, I know. What else we got here? Uh, let's see. How about uh, let's leap forward to October 2008, Chicago. Exactly 17 years after the homie D clown incidents, Chicago was again visited by a mysterious child luring clown. The story is ignored by newspapers, but the local news lets parents know about the police alert warning of a clown driving a white or brown van. I was in Chicago in 2008. Just full disclosure. I was too. Full disclosure. So was Obama. What? October of 2014, Fishers, Indiana. A local resident manages to take a picture of a creepy clown that starts appearing all around town. The clown does not have a van for once, but is holding balloons. Now, now we're getting photos. This is uh, this is iPhone territory now. Oh yeah, yeah. August of 2016, Greenville, South Carolina. According to uh, 
there's a really great, if you go to Atlas Obscura, there's a great interactive map of clown sightings. You can just click on them, tells you what you want. Yeah. Uh, an anonymous caller in Greenville, South Carolina said that they'd seen clowns in the woods. And the next day, someone else said they'd also seen clowns in the woods flashing green lasers. Laser clowns! Lasers! Just as everything started to calm down, on August 29th, it happened again. Two children report seeing laser clowns in Greenville. And with that, clown hysteria is on the menu. Uh, next, came some, next came some clown sightings in nearby North Carolina, and then sightings and increasingly social media threats up, to, uh, up and down the eastern seaboard. By mid-September, the sightings and threats had moved west to middle America, where people are way more bored, and there's a lot more disposable income for latex clown masks. And by late September and early October, they'd reached the west coast, so even Kanye was into it. Oh, now, now, one thing I've noticed here, too, is that there's also, uh, in the UK, a lot of creepy clown things happening in the UK and Europe in 2015. Because I remember seeing a lot of that kind of stuff, just little news articles here and there. Oh, yeah. But Blurry Photos is an American podcast, and we put Americans first. Well, uh, I'll tell you one more here uh, that's interesting. In September of last year, two, 2016, noon in Alabama, 25-year-old man in a clown outfit and mask was arrested after numerous people called police to complain. Uh, he was uh, apparently trolling around a Walmart parking lot, scaring people. According to the man, it was just for fun, and quote, it's not illegal to scare people. He was then charged with scaring people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was charged with disorderly it conduct. It turns out the man dressed as a clown in a Walmart parking lot in noon in Alabama did not have a complete understanding of the penal code. <laughs> he did Shocking. not. He did not have his law degree. <laughs> and yeah, like you said, this list is U.S. based, but there have been plenty of sightings elsewhere, including Manchester, England, where in 2013 there were 19 separate reports of alleged clown-related crime during this period, ranging from theft to one that stole a bicycle after holding its owner at knife point. In 2014, a clown was seen wandering around several locations within Northampton, England, for months. And I think that one was the Northampton uh, Wanderer. Yeah, Wander Clown. And, you know, this is, we, we skipped some. Yeah. We, listen, we can't catch all the clowns. We, we are not consummate uh, clown trainers. No, nor are we clown po catchers. Poe Clown Mon. Oh. So if you want another uh, pretty bizarre story, why don't you uh, Google up yourself? Some... Yeah, why don't you just Google it yourself? Nice. I, I agree you with just, you, Flora. Why don't you do just your do, own yeah. damn work? Yeah, exactly. Just Google it yourself, you sons of bitches. Check out the Wasco, uh, California clown for a, a good bizarre story. So tons of clowns creeping on, on people's stuff. This is all very modern, though. I mean, it's since 81. It's, it's our f***ing age. So Yeah, so it's our fault. It's our responsibility. It's we who must take up arms against a sea of clowns and by opposing end them. To sleep. For a chance to dream. For a chance to dream. Of clowns. Well, let us talk about what makes a clown creepy. Oh, uh, do we have to? In, uh, in terms of what we're talking about with this, what makes a figure supposed, uh, that's supposed to induce joy and hilarity become creepy? Why does a clown today carry an otherwise undeserved mantle of unease, Dave? In the uh, history section, we told oh, you how that was clowns. A rhetorical question. My bad. It was. <laughs> you were you were fighting for an answer. I, I was ready. 
Uh, in the history section, we told you how clowns began having a sinister side to them and how there's more beneath the makeup that belies their outward show. French literary critic Edmond de Congor said of them in 1876, Clowns is f***ed up, yo. <laughs> Mic drop. Au revoir, bitches. <laughs> the clown's art is now rather terrifying and full of anxiety and apprehension. Their suicidal feats, their monstrous gesticulation, and their frenzied mimicry remind me of one in the courtyard of a lunatic asylum. Mon dieu. <laughs> Fromage. <laughs> a bientôt. <laughs> Baguette. Baguette. <laughs> While those might be factors, uh, some big contributions were made in modern pop culture and real life, starting with The Joker in 1940. Batman number one saw the first appearance of the grinning clown Prince of Crime, and that character has evolved to near godlike status today, and I'm fing sick of it. <laughs> hey, try to leave, leave the I, politics out. Yeah, yeah maybe. But I'm tired of Joker worship. He's dude. He's 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 the Joker. <laughs> hey, Flora, why so serious? <laughs> oh, oh, oh! <laughs> yeah, triggered. Oh. Just wait till Killer Croc goes huge. It's gonna happen. <laughs> Perhaps the most notorious is the terror wrought by John Wayne Gacy, the actual real killer clown of this story. Yeah. A registered clown who played children's parties under the name Pogo, Gacy seemed to be a nice, hardworking Midwestern dude, but between 1972 and 1978, he sexually assaulted and killed over 35 men in Chicago. Uh, he famously quipped, you know, clowns can get away with murder. Blech. He was nicknamed Killer Clown and painted pictures of clowns in prison before his execution in 1994. The thought that a sociopath like this could be around children regularly fueled a clown paranoia in America, not to mention a healthy fear of strangers, which, to be honest, we should have had a lot sooner. Yeah, perhaps so. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, I, I think that one is probably taking the cake as contributing factor to a lot of this stuff that we're talking about. You know what? But, um, I'll tell you what. I think that it's a... I think it's a big deal, but I don't think we've quite gotten yet to the the true root of America's clown fear. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's keep going. Um, the 1982 film Poltergeist has a clown doll that tries to drag a little boy under the bed. I remember that scaring me, but I remember it wasn't that it was a clown, just that a toy would come alive and try to f*** with your sh**. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Now, this this is where I this is what I think is the seed. Okay. Of maybe just millennials. I don't know. Okay, yeah. But I don't think anyone saw this and wasn't scarred. Stephen King's 1986 book, It, featured Pennywise the Clown, a demon who attacked children. And the 1990 miniseries, uh, which starred Tim Curry as Pennywise the Clown, that ruined everybody's weekend. <laughs> oh, I loved it. They float, Georgie. Everything floats down here. <laughs> that was horrifying. It got me at a weird time. I was either too old to be too scared by it or too young to be too scared by it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it just, it just creeped me out. Like just, it was such a, a, a brilliantly done thing, you know, like just the idea of this clown with pristine white makeup popping yeah. up in a sewer, you know, sure. just, just the head coming up out of the drain. 
and it just screams like everything about that just screams this is entirely wrong. No, 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 no. I mean, it didn't help that there was a giant spider at the end either. Well, that was just bad storytelling in a <laughs> adaptation. That that was that was just our buddy Stephen running out of juice at the end. But uh, yeah, that that's what really sticks with people, and they've got that new one coming out soon too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can touch on that in a bit, but yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know how you could. Uh, I don't know why you would try and go after Tim Curry in anything. Yeah, he is. Why would why would you follow him? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, listen. If you just got to the Congo and Herkimer Hamulga, formerly of Romania, you know, he was freed of the change of Ceausescu, and now he's roaming the world doing good. Who wouldn't follow him? Stop eating my seismic cake. <laughs> Stop eating my seismic cake. <laughs> formerly of Romania, freed of the change of Ceausescu, now roaming the world doing good. I couldn't tell you another thing about that whole movie except yeah. for Herkimer Helmulga. <laughs> Bruce Campbell's in it. He is? He is the husband at the very first of it. I don't how, even how remember. That like I said, couldn't tell you a single other thing. Because I, I went through it uh, at that time in my life. I guess it was, actually, it was that summer of 1994 where I didn't get a job. <laughs> I read every single Michael Crichton book that he'd written, including his biography. Wow. And I'll tell you what, and you put them all back to back, they are the same f***ing story over and over. There's a thing. Assemble a team of scientists. Shit's going to go south. There's a couple outside there. The terminal man, that was a little bit different. But, uh, yeah, it's usually there's a thing. There's a team of scientists. Shit goes south. Somebody else was talking about this. Yeah, it's it's like future park. Uh, can't control it. <laughs> yeah. I think I was talking about Westworld. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, you know, whatever. Right. I, I enjoy different flavored Oreos. Yeah, same. I mean, like I said, I read them all. I didn't at <laughs> some point get disgusted and stop. I Pokemon the shit out of that. Yeah. Okay, so a couple more here. 19, 1988 had the movie Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Have you seen that? Uh, several times. Yeah. Do you like it? I mean, it's just a great... You know, the, um, I had some really great neighbors and they were really into bad movies and, mm-hmm. uh, they would invite me up like, cause it was like whenever like a really bad, well, bad movie movies was, and steak night, pretty much, <laughs> uh, no steak but we would watch like killer clowns. I remember watching up there cause it was always like whenever there was like a really crappy USA up all night movie. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I, I saw that a bunch. Yeah. It's just a ridiculous, silly thing with like, with really ugly as hell clowns yeah if you saw that at the wrong age that'd stick in your craw i bet so i, I never saw it so perp, perp, perp. professor of psychology at ryerson university in toronto dr martin anthony says ned, ned ryerson university ned needlehead head ned the head ned ryerson bing <laughs> wow <laughs> you used to date your sister till you told me to stop <laughs> bing man oh man hard in the paint <laughs> Tip dunk, tip dunk. <laughs> I love that guy, Stephen Tobolowsky, favorite actor. Dr. Martin Antony says, you don't really see clowns in those kinds of safe, fun contexts anymore. You see them in movies, and they're scary. Kids are not exposed in that kind of safe, fun context as much as they used to be, and the images in the media, the negative images, are still there. So these, those are some contributing factors to why, you know, clowns might be creepy in the general public's mind these days 
let's get into real quick the actual fear uh, of the clowns. Maybe some science behind it. Why? Yeah. Uh, they might be el- eliciting these feelings. So some psychologists say that it starts in childhood when a two-year-old starts getting anxiety about strangers and a general fear of costumed characters. While most people grow out of that, some retain a mistrust and fear of the physical things a clown outwardly projects. Uh, For example, the makeup, masking emotion, the manic, unpredictable behavior, overly exaggerated features, uh, stuff like that. Dr. Antony adds that media is partly to blame for fear of clowns, saying, We also develop fears from what we read and see in the media. There's certainly lots of examples of nasty clowns in movies that potentially puts feet on that kind of fear. And I agree wholeheartedly with that. I could not agree more with that. I think, I think you're yeah. spot on there. Um, now, then you've got the oversized clothing, the big hair, the nose, the garish makeup has been likened under cultural depictions of otherworldly and evil creatures, sometimes directly, see also killer clowns from outer space. Uh, the white makeup also made famous by Grimaldi has been compared to a death mask or something to hide the badness beneath at which point I would say see also the Tim Roth movie Clown, which I haven't seen yet, but I want to. And Tim Roth knows what he's doing. Uh, it's a concept espoused by Andrew Stott, uh, who's an English professor at the University of Buffalo, uh, saying, where there is mystery, it's supposed to be evil. So we think, what are you hiding? This has been attributed to what's known as an uncanny valley in aesthetics. The uncanny valley is the hypothesis that human replicas that appear almost but not exactly like real human beings elicit feelings of eeriness and revulsion among some observers. The valley denotes a dip in human observation's affinity for the other replica, uh, a relation that otherwise increases with the replica's human likeness. So, and everyone's seen this. Like, you've seen, like, those, uh, you know, there'll be a little news report about they put, like, a, 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 a... a really realistic mask over a robot in Japan or something. And it's just unnerving. Yeah. Because I think, yeah, unless, unless, and I think it's the same thing we notice in people who have a slight disfigurement or something. Um, A person who has one eye slightly lower than the other, you know, like people, we, we are much more astute observers subconsciously than we're aware of. And those little tiny differences set you off. And sometimes you don't notice what it is for, for days, you know, hours or days later. You're like, oh, that's what it was. Um, and I think it's the same thing with this, this concept of you can make something approximate humans and it's all, and until it's spot on, it's wrong, you know, and it, yeah, it's unnerving. Yeah. Kind of like CGI in a way. Yeah. Like not not quite. This is an interesting concept I've never heard of until today when I was doing this research. And there's a graph on it. If you're interested, look it up on um, online. with it, It's Uncanny Valley. And it's like how close to human something looks. And then as you get farther away from that, they plot like a, a line that kind of curves up. And then it just drops. Mm-hmm. like and, and then it goes back up even higher, like where it should be. And it's it's very confusing to even try and explain it with words. Uh, you have to see it. And they give an example of like zombies decomposing faces would fall into this valley. Things that, yeah, like you said, should look human, don't. And and it's it's just, ugh. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. But then if you've got a full robot, you know, you're like, oh, okay, that's a full robot. 
Yeah. But something that's like robot, but has a mask on. Uh, anyway, uh, by the way, uh, everybody put down those phones calling the cops. It was Eli Roth, and he was a producer on oh. Clown. There you so, go. So uh, I returned the jewels to the store. Oh, yeah. And- Tim Roth is the actor. Duh. Yeah. I get them yeah. confused all the time. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but, Thank uh, you, Flora. Thank you for keeping yeah. us out of f***ing jail. <laughs> Put down those phones. False alarm. Here's the thing that I like is that everyone's going to walk out of the room they were listening this to while they, you know, they got to get their notepad, note to self penalty box. And they're going to come back in now and be like, I got those f***ers nailed to the wall. <laughs> or it's going to be like the moratorium on... Uh, certificates. They're just going to ignore this part because they don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. If you're looking for a certificate, go to the Blurry Photos fan page. They've been posted there. Yeah, or if you're just looking for like-minded, cool people. That's true. And a certificate. (laughs) One more thing here. Cultural critic Mark Derry thinks the character of the evil clown is now a postmodern archetype or icon, citing several pop culture references, which uh, we have already cited as an example. because we're better than that guy, that clown. (laughs) <laughs> I did not uh, have a chance to look up what other postmodern archetypes he has put in on that list. Yeah. So I, I guess I'd be interested. And if I were to follow up on this, I would want to know what old Mark Derry, right. the cultural critic. I think it's pretty easy to, to uh, criticize culture. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, top of my, Krusty uh, uh, the Clown. Uh, yeah, yeah. Krusty uh, the Clown is like a hobo clown to me, though. Like. But he's more he's funny, he, but he's sad. Yeah, he's he's he he's kids love him, but he's a narcissistic, morally bankrupt kind yeah. of. He's kind of a piece of shit. He doesn't care yeah. if there's a jagged piece of metal in Crustio's cereal. That's true. That's true. But uh, but he's not evil. He's just selfish, right? And there's no way we're gonna get all the cultural references in here yeah. for for clowns that yeah Jesus. Are it's evil. just well, there's just it's not possible. Consider what we what we hit the definitive list. Of clowns. And you if, remember if, Twisted Metal? Oh, yeah. The clown car. There was a clown in, on their clown car, like an ice cream truck or something. Yeah. It, it goes and goes and goes. Well, let's, let's get to some truth of the matter then. Yeah. How about we talk about the phantom clowns first? Sure. Could be, could be a little uh, spoonful of mass hysteria, which is what most of the cops landed on. Uh, one or two sightings, but then uh, lots of other people, especially... In this day and age of social media, uh, yeah. it's very easy for, for one or two sightings to become 10 or 20. True. And a lot of the stories originate with children. Mm-hmm. Notoriously unreliable. Yes. Another possibility. Just pranks. Yeah. Just, just righteous assholes out for a good laugh. I think, I think that the guy that they arrested in the Walmart parking lot is like 98% of, it's just like guys that were like, oh, I'm just going to go, you know, freak out some straights. <laughs> clown. Oh, your, your little white, your little white collar button down world was shattered when you were, you know, confronted with the unknown. Oh, the great Malenko was an awesome album. <laughs> and this, this is where the old copycat effect is in play. You know, somebody's like, oh, did you hear about that clown scaring somebody in South Carolina? <laughs> what if we went out to the woods and did that? Yeah, let's let's just go. Let's yeah. get, let's get let's a 12-pack fr- uh, and go, go out there. Freak out some old people, dude. Yeah. 
Let's get Don't some forget up. the Go-Gurt. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget the old Milwaukee's best. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so so could be just uh, people pulling pranks. Yep. Uh, what about what about idiot marketers? <laughs> just trying to trying to get some. I didn't see any evidence of this. I didn't see anything that turned out to be uh, no viral marketing or anything. But that wouldn't surprise me one bit because people are stupid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is. I think this is a new sort of idea that has come out since they are revamping it. You're right. Some people are thinking maybe they're uh, sparking some clown sightings. Yeah. To uh, to gear up some interest. I wouldn't put it past a, a company to do that, to try it. Right. But uh, usually that'll come out in the wash. Yeah. Right. And, and same thing for people making movies, either trying to get interest in the movie or filming it. And instead of, you know, if they don't have the balls to just say, hey, we're pranking and scaring people for fun, they'll be like, no, it's an art project. Watch your mundane world get shattered. Uh, a lot of the sightings that, that have come out in the past like 20 years have been like art students or filmmakers or like, you know, independent or, or just people that go out here and do this and like, let me, let me Amer- American beauty this and capture people's reactions to, right. to, Which, to, to seeing this. And, and how, how is that different from the, uh, the, the prank? Uh, how, like, how does that, aside from the person holding the camera, explaining that it's different? It's it's a it's just a different uh, expectation of of results. Yeah. And the first one you're just doing it because of the Schadenfreude of it, and the other one is is like how you know let me elicit these feelings in people because I'm an artist. <laughs> right. It's I, I I think it's honestly I think the pranksters are more honest about it. I think the 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 artists are just pranksters without the balls to call themselves as much. They want their their version to be highbrow, but it's yeah. not. That's right, artists. I hope you're listening. Come get me, bro. <laughs> and, uh, a quick note on the uh on it. Uh, a lot of people have said, well, these these clown sightings, you know, they people only started getting this idea after Stephen King's it. No. Actually, it was 5 years before he wrote the book that these uh phantom clowns started coming out. Yeah. So Truthfully, it's more likely that he'd gotten his ideas from that than other yeah. way around. Not to say he did, but yeah, not the stuff was happening. Not, not, not that the way he had a think log, he does. Not hot in here, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it it did not cause these. No. Uh, now, how about how about some some better, <laughs> like more interesting explanations? I, I love that idea. Yeah. How about fl- Flora? What's what's our eternal explanation for things we don't know about? Well, when you need something that isn't there, call up yourself a, uh, a Tulpa Brothers brand uh, <laughs> yeah. imagination figments. Yeah, exactly. Tulpa Brothers pizza. Whatever <laughs> you want, it'll show yeah. up. Yeah. How about tulpas? A person manifesting it through their self-conscious, uh, through their subconscious or their self-conscious. Maybe they they don't like how they look, and so they make a clown to laugh. That's at what them. they think I they look. At. Yeah, <laughs> look like the old classic tulpas. Just uh, enough people think it into existence. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Enough people think about it that it comes to be. That's one. That's one idea. Yeah, and uh, what's the other one, Flora? Well, from a, your, your buddy Lauren Coleman, who postulated this uh, back in the day. Also, apparently, John Keel of the Mothman Prophecies fame um, threw something like this out there. Demonic tricksters, 
These are uh, beings that can change form and appear at will, and they like to intimidate or cause fear. But why, though? <laughs> no one knows. But why, though? Because, <laughs> I mean, I guess they're just scary demons, and they're like, they hey. They feed on the fear. Do you know what's so hot right now? Clowns. <laughs> that's a that's an interesting one. Yeah. I mean, that is definitely the uh, the bottom of the barrel for, like, somebody sees a clown, and a clown is never caught. A clown has no name. These uh, these clowns are, are joking Hagar. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. A man a man needs a, 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 a squeaky nose. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, something we haven't mentioned yet, Dave. Uh-huh. Why don't you tell us what is thrown out there when you start reading about this stuff or hearing about it? There's a term that's thrown out there a lot. Yeah. That would be uh, cholrophobia which is uh, often used to denote the fear of clowns. However, this is not a recognized clinical term because you can't just slap phobia on something and say, nope, no, it's for real. Right. Blurry phobia. Everyone's afraid of that. That's real <laughs> as it gets, son. Uh, for example, homophobia is not a fear or a hatred towards homosexuals. It would literally mean a fear of sameness, but it is a term that has been used, and so that's... Yeah. That's what it means now. Well, but it's yeah. not a it's it's not a clinical term, and yeah. so uh, people do this kind of thing a lot. Um, a phobia is something that induces an extreme and irrational fear to the point where you can't function. And while there are people who do feel disturbed or get anxious by clowns to the point of non-function, it is not a common enough thing that it is. It's not in the DSM five. What is that? The District of Stationary Magnets. It's the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, 5th edition. Gotcha. That is the, the American uh, Psychiatric Association's basic Bible. binder, big, big book of things that can be wrong between your ears. Gotcha. It's more that people get disturbed by it. They're, they're right. anxious. It's not that people break down and go into shock. Yeah. It's, it's not. A, it, but here's the thing. Like, you say that and. Oh, there's. Everyone's be like, oh no, I had a roommate in college who couldn't function around clowns. You sure. know, like No, that's not that's not to say that people there are some people who haven't been Yeah. People don't like clowns. I think there's more people who don't like clowns than do like him and are creeped out with him, but that is a far cry from an actual phobia. And uh, you know, take it up with the DSM five or the World Health Organization's ICD ten. Sure. Uh, <laughs> talk to them, man. Listen. Sorry, sorry, no one believes you. But, you know, don't shoot the messenger, people. <laughs> if, that, if you kept putting that on your resume as something that made you unique, bad news, buddy. Do you have any closing thoughts on, on this before I, before I launch my closing? Just lock it down. The evil clown is perpetuated by pop culture, and it's tired and past its prime. It is. The reason a clown would be creepy is because it's the last thing you know a clown should be. Clowns, real clowns, are sources of joy, entertainment, and fun. There's a reason laughter is maybe not the best, but good medicine. Studies have shown that children who get therapy with clowns after at least minor surgeries heal much faster than those who don't. Yeah, everyone knows morphine's the best medicine. <laughs> and second best, clowns. <laughs> but this is an actual thing that they've done studies on and proven. Yeah, Clowning is noble. Hell, it's one of the oldest professions still around. And to be a clown takes 
so much more than just putting on huge shoes and a squeaky nose. True clown schools are hard to get into. I'll, I'll get back to this, but the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Clown College, the Jacques Lecoq uh, School for Movement and Physical Theater, these are a couple of uh, very prestigious schools. Is the Barnum and Bailey Clown College going to stay open? Uh, well, yeah, that's what I was going to uh, get back to. I don't know. Because yeah. just news, was it today? Today or yesterday that it's... Yeah, they've announced uh, the closing, which is good for the animals. Yes. And the and the clowns. I mean, those clowns will finally get, you know, maybe they'll be let loose in a nice zoo enclosure or the breeding um, program. <laughs> um, but seriously, clowning is very physically and emotionally demanding, and it's not for everyone. Uh, professional clowns have had to fight harder and harder for acceptance over this evil clown bullshit. That is perverting something meant to be joyous. In fact, many clowns refuse to talk about the creepy, evil, and phantom clown subjects. The Clowns of America International has a very strict set of commandments that hold professionals to a very high standard, including not drinking or smoking in costume, not entertaining at the expense or embarrassment of others, and conducting oneself as a gentleman or lady at all times. Former clown David Kreiser of Ringling Brothers Uh, is quoted as saying clowning is about communicating, not concealing. Good clown makeup is reflective of the individual's emotions, not a mask to hide behind, making them actually innocent and not scary. And a quote from him, if the clown is truly a warm and sympathetic and funny heart inside of a person who is working hard to let that clown out, I think those battles with clown fears are so winnable, he says. It's not about the attacking, it's about loving. It's about approaching from a place of loving and joy and that when you really look at it, you see it's really genuine. It's not fake. End quote. So, this is from me. This is a quote from D. Flora. Uh, Flora, could you give me a real Flora accent like, Oh, I'm David Flora. (laughs) That's okay. Next time I'll do my Flora. It'll be hilarious. Be not afraid of clowns, dear listener. For a clown portrayed as evil or threatening is only so because it's the opposite of what we know a clown is supposed to be. That's my thought on it. I think also, I think it's because being a clown is difficult and so many people just, you know, to make some money or whatever will put the makeup on that just kind of like what he said, like if you are not like open and you're not, you don't genuinely have that, that similarity of perspective as the clown you're trying to be it shows and it it puts people off just like the uncanny valley before it's like you're you're almost there but you're not quite yeah and people notice that difference and i think just like um a clown is it could be unsettling for that reason but a bad clown a poor performer who is uh not feeling the emotions they are pantomiming or doing it poorly creates that same emotional dissonance it's a good point. That that a visual closeness would create with people, and that, that would also make people uneasy. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen any of that show, Baskets? No. It's what is uh, that? It's, it's a Zach Galifianakis show. I think it's on FX, and it's about a guy who just graduated from the show's version of the Jacques Lecoq, like, French clowning school. Hmm. I haven't seen any of it. I think I think it's like a... It's newer uh, than comma comma tragedy kind of thing, yeah. But I, I haven't seen it at all. But he he plays a professionally trained clown. Hmm. Dude, this show I, I looked it up. 
it's created by Louis C.K. Uh, and Zach Galifianakis, so I'll bet you it's pretty damn good. All right, all right. And it's it's got one season already out. It's just about to start its second season. Yeah, well, almost I'll, probably I'll to, probably the same day this episode comes out. I'll have to check that out. Well, if you want uh, more information on clown history and the creepy clown phenomenon, a couple books you can check out are Bad Clowns by Benjamin Radford and The Fool, His Social and Literary History by Enid Wellsford, which we quoted earlier. Benjamin Radford had, has a very insightful book on it. I, I think he wrote it just a couple years ago. So check those out. But um, I think that's going to do it for... Creepy clowns in a uh, yeah a white, a balloon festooned, large <laughs> large uh, shoed nutshell. Pop it, pop it. Well, then I guess the only thing left to do is send in the puns. <laughs> those wacky, tacky those puns. Wacky, tacky puns. <laughs> <laughs> send in the puns. <laughs> Send in those woeful and doleful <laughs> punts by the bowful. Or <laughs> uh, what do you got? They're all oh, more, more punts. Ready. <laughs> I love you, Krusty. Quiet. <laughs> all right. Um, I've got a wedding dress shop. For the fanciest of feminine fools. Oh, really? Yep. Send in the gowns. <laughs> nice. There was a uh, a horrible scandal a few years ago that may have directly contributed to the the end, the demise of the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. Oh no! Where it turns out that they were feeding, they were supposed to feed the lions horse meat. It was determined by veterinarians to be fine and it was cheap. But when times got tough and they weren't selling as many tickets. It turns out that the lions were being fed clown beef. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, that's that's a uh, that's a broken bat single. Maybe I don't know. I probably got thrown out at first on that one. What do you got? <laughs> there was once a clown who sought to escape religious and theatrical persecution in England and establish a colony and perhaps a theater in the New World. His white face paint stood in stark contrast to the black hat with the buckle, but it fit nicely with his white collar. He was Pilgrimaldi. <laughs> nice. Uh, do you know there was in uh, about 300 BCE a very famous clown in China, and while he was very entertaining and people liked his tricks, they also liked his, uh, his illusions. But one day he stepped a little bit too far. And um, the the emperor ordered that one of his illusions be uh, sabotaged, and the clown was cut in half in the box, killed. Um, but he was so popular that they instantly then hid the remains, and uh, he was never seen again. Um, and everyone was familiar uh, with the case of how of now you'd see him, now you don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I probably probably could have gotten to that a lot faster, but I was enjoying the tapestry. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Oh man. Well, I mean you had to build a wall with the words. Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, them's puns. Them's puns. Very nice. Now it's time 
for <laughs> your silly symphonies. It's copyrighted, copyrighted. We can't use that music. Honk. Honk. Listener mail! Got an email from Adamus the Wise. He writes, Hail Dave and David. Well met. <laughs> oh, hi. Hi. Tis meet, good sir, that we should read this missive. Hey, I'm, I'm new here. Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> uh, I write to you on the spookiest night of the year. <laughs> we are terrifyingly behind. Uh, can't do it as good as Flora. Sorry. Anyway, this is my first Blurry Fotober, and I love it. It's been Woo! a blast to be listening to it in real time rather than catching up from previous Fotobers. Been listening for a couple of months, grinding away at the archives, which are a hell of a lot easier to grind away at now. Am I right? Yay! (laughs) Uh, My girlfriend discovered you guys just browsing through podcasts after we had exhausted the expanded perspectives perspectives library. I'm now an avid fan of your show and can't get enough. Yay! (laughs) Woo! You guys made me smile and laugh uh, more often than not, uh, and your goofy sense of humor would fit right in with me and my friends. You guys give me hope that maybe someday my crappy metal band might aim to the, t- uh, to the tiniest bit of recognition. Nah, not likely. I don't know. You, the name Icequake might be available. <laughs> you got a lot of built-in promotion. <laughs> um, funny thing is, I am also a resident of Boise, Idaho. Hashtag make Boise happen. Hashtag 10 cents is all I got, so take it or shut up. <laughs> Is Boise the fourth biggest town in America? What the f***? Well, you picked the wrong f***ing giant to kick. I did. You picked the wrong fight, bro. I I can't even say why didn't I say blank, because that'll have like 10,000 people that are going to be like, bring a show here. You know what? I love it, though. This is the the best best problem to to have. Yeah. I mean, it would it, a better problem would just be too much money. But I guess you insulting our biggest fans, yeah, that's a pretty good problem to have, Flora. You're outright insulting of really good, decent people. Sigh! Just- <laughs> I love this game. Uh, those hashtag shows probably won't make sense anymore because the first week of Blurry Photober uh, will be a month or more gone by the time you get this email. You're right, a month or more. Sorry. Emphasis more. Yeah. Uh, I would help promote you guys to fill a theater here in Boise if you guys ever decided to consider it. Well, one thing we will need, an opening metal band. Oh, sh**. That's right? true. That is true. Blurry photos. Hey, leave it to them, Flora, okay? We don't tell that. They don't tell us how to make bad puns. I don't know. Maybe they will. I even know a couple of guys to connect you guys with. If you guys ever made it out here, I'd be more than happy to grab a beer with you and show you around some of the cool things we have here that make it worth coming out. I'd even take Flora to the Lego shop my parents opened up. What? what? Stecco, you can join if you want, but I get the feeling you are indifferent on Legos. I enjoy Legos, but here's the thing. People think that Earth is a pretty big planet. Then they meet Jupiter, okay? Flora is the Jupiter of loving Legos. <laughs> and... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not that. I, I'm not that big. <laughs> but I don't mean it. Don't mean I'm not a planet. I got an orbit. Uh, don't have much time. The portal begins to close. I will return with puns. Maybe a story. Bye, Adamus the Wise. Thanks, Adamus. Thank you. Wow. Boy, I mean, how smart. Uh, you know, when we went to Bloomington, 
what's the one thing that I made everybody turn around and do when we were walking to to find a bar after Krampus knocked? Oh, moon! Take a picture of all of you mooning the people of Boise. That's right. And then after that, we visited that fucking game store where I bought like three or four like knockoff Chinese Legos of Marvel figures. Yeah, I know. Flora is super into Legos. Ah, uh, it's terrible. I'm terrible. Boise's not terrible. So we're gonna make it out there. We have to do this. Got an email from Dave C. Oh, Dave C. Hi, Dave. Id. Ids. Aves. Yeah, uh, it's okay. It's foil. It's uh, it's first, uh, oh, inner, geez. outer, last. There's a. That's how you solve this. I think equation. I did that without even thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of brackets and, and ellipses in there. I enjoy it. Mm. Um, no, d- parentheses. Not all, it's all of it. It's got all of it. Sure. <laughs> Discovered your podcast when it was mentioned on Match Three, uh, fellow Chicago podcast co-op show. Uh, and this is this is worrisome to me, but it turns out the story turns out well. At first, I was dubious, expecting something in the spirit of Finding Bigfoot. But after they mentioned it a second time, I figured, what the hell? Tried it, haven't looked back since. That is the happy ending to that story. The worrisome part is <laughs> how many people think blurry photos. Oh, fucking Finding Bigfoot. Pass. Yeah. No so, way. you're smart, Dave. Thanks, Match 3. Oh, yeah. Your demonology episode reminded me of an experience I had several years ago. Just after leaving school, I moved in with a friend. I had been something of a spiritual seeker and had discovered a paganism and was interested in witchcraft. My friend was somewhat interested in the occult, but was more interested in high magic type stuff. He got his hands on a copy of both Keys of Solomon. Both of them? He could go in the front and the back. <laughs> At around this time, we had been given a fully grown cat by another friend, but after a few months, as we were going into the height of summer, the cat began to act really strangely in the main room of the house, getting scared and running out of the room and refusing to come back. He'd hug the floor when going into the kitchen to get fed. Somebody put one of those cucumbers beside him, probably. Yeah. My friend got a bit worried and told me he'd tried summoning a demon, but he hadn't done a proper circle, and the summoning had appeared not to work. Now, you don't need to know a lot about demonology to know that casting a protective circle is kind of crucial. So we were pretty concerned that some entity was roaming free around the house, and the cat, being a cat, was sensing its presence. We embarked on a series of cleansing and scrubbing for our apartment, and the poor cat, to no avail. The cat's strange behavior continued at seemingly random intervals, but other than that, there was no sense of a threat. One day, we were sitting in the room, and it was starting to get very hot cat was lying calmly on the couch, getting his belly rubbed when I got up and turned on the ceiling fan. The cat sprang to his feet in alarm, glared at the fan, hugged the ground, and bolted from the room, exactly as he'd been doing for the last few days. Turns out, our demon was an inaudible, to human ears, noise from the fan. After a few days of keeping the fan on, the cat lost its fear. Thanks for the great show. Here's to the casting of many more pods. Dave from Durban, South Africa. See, I love that. That That is how science triumphs. <laughs> That's right. Most of these stories like this stop at the room got very hot and the cat freaked out. Yeah. I'm glad that yeah. you, you were like, oh, wait a minute. What has changed in this? What What did we do differently? We turned the fan on. We noticed it. Like, that's that's the scientific method for you. <laughs> Awesome story, Dave, and uh, thank you for for finding us and for listening all the way from South Africa. That's awesome. Right. 
And also thanks to uh, Patrick, Gita, and Sam over at Match That's 3 right. for the uh, the high five. Yeah. That's awfully nice yeah. of them. I like the idea because I have been uh, an avid reader of Patrick Klepik for a long time. So <laughs> makes me happy. <laughs> Up next, uh, got an email from Katie. Katie writes, hello. 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 I was just enjoying the listener mail section of episode 165, which was Ghost Stories 5. We never hear that phrase. <laughs> ever, ever, never. So thank you for that already. Story. <laughs> However, I was stunned to hear Stecco say that progress is his favorite type of grass. I was so stunned that I stopped listening to immediately send a message. I know we've never met, but I call bullstone on Uh-oh. this. I would bet money, okay, not a lot of money, but perhaps a center three, that Stecco's favorite type of grass is of the digress variety. Oh. As an avid listener, it's something I've come to appreciate. <laughs> uh, I'm going to resume listening to the episode now. Keep it up, Double Ds, because your podcast is terrific. Happy Halloween or Arbor Day. I'm not sure about the lag time on listener mail, so I want to cover She's all the burning them all. Nope. Here's the thing. Hit it right in the middle. She's got to just split yeah. it. <laughs> Oh, thank you. You're, you're right. Um, uh, I also like ingress and watergress sandwiches. <laughs> well played, Katie. Thank you. Heard from Lee W. Hi, Lee. Hi, guys. Just been catching up with the demonology episode. We have a demon on display in our town library. Let me explain. <laughs> Here in Bromsgrove and Merry Old England. Oh, he's a Bromsgrove lad, is he? Right. Oh, well. All Let me the way from Bromsgrove. Oh. Tuppence a bobbin to you then. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lee. We're... <laughs> These are the people we have to be. <laughs> we... You know, those little Bromsgrove phrases like tuppence a bobbin. Tuppence a bobbin. <laughs> Strops a lorry. We have a legend uh, that the Davil, his very self, kept a pack of demonic dogs just a few miles from here. These were the creatures he used for the wild hunt, which is the legend that spawned the ghost riders in the sky tale of the Old West. Story goes that one night the hunt went on almost until dawn, and one of the demons, Paul... Uh, Flory... I think you meant the story goes that one night the hunt went on until, until almost dawn. And one, one of the, the demons caused, caused a local group to, to take a breather. But, but it lingered too long and like a troll it turned to stone as the first ray light of the rising sun struck in. <laughs> top it's above it. Top it's above it. <laughs> Brahms Grove in, in Old England. Then again, it might just be a Victorian terracotta statue that used to adorn the local technical school's roof. Who knows? <laughs> hey, either way, you just got a sweet ass song out of it. And for that, <laughs> we thank you, Lee. <laughs> thank you, Lee. Uh, got an email from Rab. Rab. Discovered you two linguistically gifted reprobates through Cam and Kyle on Expanded Perspectives podcast. Woo! Thank you. Honestly, can't get enough. Even the truly awful puns. That's the only flavor they come in. <laughs> it's Birdie Bot's beans, but there's just one flavor and it's earwax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, thanks for the funny dudes. P.S. Your Scottish accents are pish poor. Oh. Too right. Oh. <laughs> Is that what you have a problem with, then? 
I can't believe it, they'll not our Scottish accents! Oh, you made him use his high voice. I can't believe it! <laughs> Thanks, Rab. <laughs> One here from Snake the Jake. Whoa! Hi, boys, what's up? Hi. I live in Cincinnati, and as such, I feel a familial connection to Flora, and if he's ever back home, it'd be an honor to meet him. Oh, the honor would be mine. And uh, uh, yeah, Cincy area. Man, what a pretty area. I've I've actually thought of moving there myself. Don't know about it, Dave. One day, maybe. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been? You, you should go. Bengal lava. Uh, can't can't get behind the Bengals. <laughs> no, just offended, offended Cincinnati. Yep. Add them to the list. Maybe not enough to do a whole episode on, uh, but we have a local cryptid where I live. That's essentially, is it the love? Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering if Flora knows about it. Uh, the Loveland Frogman would be a great miscrypted contestant. Uh, I believe I believe that is uh, that is due on the list. <sighs> Some history with Loveland. I won't go into it. You can read in what you will. Uh, but I've been there. Did you find love in that land? Oh man, oh brother, <laughs> a goo. <laughs> as much as you guys rag on 4chan, you owe this listener and probably a few others to their ex board. I heard about you from a Best X Topic Podcasts thread and never looked back. I know I've promoted you guys on there too, so you probably have a big untapped audience on there. <laughs> we all aren't child parts salesmen. It's <laughs> good to know. It's a pretty specific thing to defend yourself from, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I see pingbacks on the, uh, the X files, the X, the X board oh. on there often. So yeah, I mean... All right. Well, then we found one reputable island I, in the Sea of 4chan. Yeah. yeah. I think we listen. Think I'm going to assume they're more. all child part salesmen until proven otherwise. And Snake the Jake just cleansed one whole thread on there. <laughs> About eight months ago, I took a picture of what I think might be a ghost in my house. Uh, I want your guys' opinions on it. We've got a blurry photo included here in a tiny pick link. The thing is, there's no indicator as to where I should be looking in the picture. I wish that he had left some indicator as to where we should, where the eye should be drawn. This, <laughs> this, show, this picture is seventy percent red arrows. <laughs> yeah, I see. I see like a a giant head of Jesus. Uh, why? Why does it have to be Jesus? I don't know. I feel like he gets the most attention. I I'm not seeing. I see. It's it's real I dark. See like, I see like an eye here, eye here, and a nose here. It could be uh, okay. Sweetums. It could be the giant Muppet Sweetums. I see what you're. I see what you're saying. Uh, Just follow the arrows. I <laughs> I see the arrows. Do you see them? There's good thing. Good thing we can't see what what Snake the Jake looks like. He has well, lovingly crossed his face out in red. Yeah, but that one baleful eye is looking at us, <laughs> daring us to 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 see. Well, uh, what what he has found? I don't see much, Snake the Jake. I'm I'm sorry. Dave sees more though. I do, but then again, my computer is uh, equipped with uh, CSI style enhance function. Enhance. Enhance. Thanks, Snake the Jake. Well, thank you, Snake the Jake. I, I go Reds. I'm, I mean, I'm a go, Cubs go, fan now, go, but go go Bengals. Go, sure. Uh, and closing out listener mail, we got one from Sunflower KZ. Sunflower Sunflowerworks. Sunflowerworks. That's what I'm going with. Hi, Daves. Hi. Hello. I'm a relatively new fan. I've only listened to about 10 or so episodes, but you are fast becoming my favorite podcast. Woo! Thank you. 
I feel like Blurry Photos is the American sibling of Australia's mysterious universe, although with a lot more skepticism. Interesting. I, w- I love that comparison. I don't think they would. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm into it. was really excited to learn that Steck was from Colorado Springs. I was born and raised in the Springs. Nice. And I'm now in Greeley and for my first semester at UNC. Go Bears. I would make a joke about the UNC-CSU rivalry, but I don't think those two schools are rivals at this point because CSU <laughs> is so much bigger. Um, yeah. And, and honestly, all of northern Colorado smells bad, so both both towns. The joke used to be that Greeley smelled bad, but the way the wind blows, both towns smell bad because there's a lot of stockyards oh, agriculture I out there. I should have said that right there. <laughs> um, in the Dover Demon episode, uh, you were wondering if the Will Rogers Shrine bells still ring. My friend was house-sitting for someone in the Broadmoor neighborhood over the summer. Um, yes, it was as awesome as it sounds. That is a pretty sweet gig. And I seem to remember hearing the bells ring. I also seem to remember hearing the bells the last time I was at the zoo. But honestly, I did not trust my memory on this. If I'm ever back in that part of the springs, I will let you know if I hear the bells ring. Looking forward to more episodes and more puns. All right. I was home for a week this summer and um, even even went to the zoo. I don't think I heard the bells the whole time. So maybe it's like a special occasion thing now. Um, I don't know. Nothing concrete. Hmm. I, I suppose I could Google it, but I don't know if that helped. One day, yeah. one day, perhaps science will find a way. Some way. Thanks, Soundflowerworks. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for writing in. Always a joy to, to read your guys' missives. Make sure to go like us on Facebook. We have just passed the 16th Hildo. <laughs> yeah. And we Flora. celebrated it. <laughs> yeah, Flora put up some pretty pretty awesome work up there. Yeah. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. We, we're close to or over 800 on there, so nice. half is good. Give us five stars on iTunes. Keep us uh, keep that train rolling because that's a lot of fun. And make sure to check out the Blurry Photos Archives podcast. The new uh, uh, hotness. Uh, it's just the old yeah. episodes. The new old. Old old is the new black. If you're catching up to the archives, this is the by far the easier way to do it. Uh, we did it l- literally just because it makes things easier. Uh, and so, yeah, we did it because we because we love you. Hope you enjoy that. Please go to patreon.com slash blurry photos and check out our Patreon, what rewards you can get yourself. We just put out a, uh, a Tommy episode, uh, the liver trilogy. <laughs> the liver trilogy or the Lurver trilogy. We're going to hit the life of Delphine LaLaurie, um, the crazy, terrible person in New Orleans. Killed a lot of people. Uh, yeah. Terrible, terrible times, haunted house, all that good stuff. Go to audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. Get yourself a free audio book download on us. Maybe see if uh, this bad clowns is on there. Check that out. Yeah. Please support the uh, the rest of the members of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. Match three, obviously. We we should show them some love if they have shown us some Absolutely. Love. That, was, that was super nice of them. Yeah. And um, go check out Alka Hollywood because they have now finally started releasing the epic... Indiana Jones and the Monkey King yeah. radio play uh, script reading and and all around extravagance of which we have been a part. I they've re- released two episodes so far. They're going to do it in like t- ten to, t- to thirteen installments or something like that. But yeah, it's an actual script that never came to pass for Indiana Jones. Dave's for, in for it good reason for yeah. real good reasons. Dave's in it a lot. I will be in it and and just be terrible in it at the end. Oh, pshaw. <laughs> Um, so yeah, check out that, uh, Clint and Jared over at Alka Hollywood, check out the, uh, the rest of the dark myths, uh, collective, it's some good stuff on there. Rumor flies just started back up and, um, 
uh, check out the store, blurryphotos.org slash store. There's uh, mugs and shirts. And then uh, if you want more choices or international shipping, you can check out the blurryphotos.threadless.com. Yeah. Always fun. Clothe yourselves. Don't forget with Patreon, if you sign up, uh, you know, around the 14th, 15th of February for the Jack Slap level, $20, you will be granted access to the March live stream, which yeah. is going to be two full hours of Dave and I getting Triz niggadage. <laughs> That's the word we're going to use a lot. I don't think I'll ever say that again in America. Yeah. <laughs> After that came out, I was like, "That that should not have been said." But um, <laughs> yeah, that's that should be uh, that should be a lot of fun. You're going to get to see us uh, work our way through. I've uh, decided I'm going to I'm going to unleash uh, a signature beverage that I'm going to call the Lucky Irishman. You can find out what that is. Oh my goodness! Yeah, we had a, an episode picked. We we might we well that's, listen. The, you listen, know, this, we, it's going to be cares. full of surprises. Yeah. We we have uh, we we've got we'll some full options liquor. on deck, but options are on deck. The start of season six will be awesome. Oh, we're taking a break. Yeah, that's important. I, I I'm not sure when we're going to stop, but it's going to be um, either at the end of January or maybe uh, the first week or so of, of February. Number one, yeah. I'm going on my honeymoon. RJ Fancy Pants got himself an international honeymoon. That's right. Uh, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be tearing it up in New Zealand. So yeah, I'm gonna check out. So track um, him down. Flora's in New Zealand. Come on, Kiwis, get him. You you can you can track me down. Feel free to shoot a Facebook message. See see, it's gonna be a jam packed schedule. Annie and I are just doing everything. <laughs> they so fucking are I, man. I you are gonna be so exhausted when you get back from that. I will be. I, I'm gonna try. You know, I'll try to have some time to to see if anybody wants to meet up, have a beer or something. But I can't promise a you. Spates anything. Gold Medal Ale. The official beer of Blurry Photos in New Zealand. I do have Dunedin on the uh, docket, so nice. definitely going to check that out. Dunedin on the Dunocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But we're we're taking our our season break. Uh, the month of February. It'll it'll be probably towards the middle of February that we knock off the the regular right. kind of episode episodes. But we're gonna you know still be throwing out some stuff to you right. guys each you- week. Anyone who's been listening for a while knows that even when we're on break, we make a point. There will always be a release each week. Yeah. There will always be something coming down the pike. And so. then the glorious season st- six starts around St. Patrick's Day. So Yeah. And we'll make sure everyone knows when we're recording that. That'll be, it'll come out around, uh, around St. Patrick's Day. But uh, especially for the Patreon backers, we'll make sure everyone knows when the bar is open. That's right. Ugh. Probably be the yeah. second week of, of March. So, Whew. oh boy, uh, lots of stuff, lots of stuff coming up. Uh, we're we're trying to get everything to you. Sorry that uh, things have been taking longer, you know, than normal lately. But we're getting you we're stuff getting as it. as soon as we can, and we love you guys. Indeed, we do. Just keep that in mind. Yeah, just remember, there's love. There's love. <laughs> For this episode of Blurry Photos, I have been David Buffaloon, and I have been Dave. Oh, this is my David Flora voice, Stecco. Off it, off it, off. Bye. Oh.